your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Welcome inside episode 254 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Piller up in Collingwood. And the Sens are heading home with a record of 4-14-1 after falling 7-3 to the Toronto Maple Leafs. It was a tough start when you're looking at attendee getting hurt eight minutes in. Marcus Hogberg left this game with a lower body injury. Still no special teams. It was a key to victory in the Sens. They go 0 for 2 in the power play for Toronto scores twice. That's a big factor. We'll get into a ton more from that game. And uh, it's the first time the Sens have allowed seven goals against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Austin Matthews also continuing his dominance against Ottawa. Then we'll turn our attention to some Sens Central standouts. Maybe some unfamiliar names, but also one that we're going to hear a lot more of soon. We'll also touch on the unfortunate news that the Brampton Beast are folding. They had already opted out of the 2021 season, but now have officially ceased operations. Operations are just getting underway in Belleville. They finish up their four-game set in Laval. We know when the home opener is. We know where they're playing out of, and we'll tee up tonight's game. All that and... Today in Sens history, we've got a good one for you. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Friday, February 19th in Pilsy. Already one nothing. eight minutes into this game. Marcus Hogberg leaves with a lower body injury. At that point, are you already getting nervous? Yeah, I was when Marcus Hogberg left. And the real concerning thing is Marcus Hogberg went right to the dressing room. Normally in a situation like that where it looks like maybe a goalie has pulled something or just you're not really feeling quite right, usually you get checked out by a trainer, maybe do a couple stretches, see how things feel. No, he knew right away that that was a big problem and he just went right off. And that's really tough because when you're a goalie, Matt Murray, who just played and you're expecting to have the night off, it's hard to get into the game mentally. Like goalies are weird guys. I mean, you can tell with Ross and I goalie friendly show, they, they have to go through their routine. They have to uh, do their mental prep to get ready for a game. So when you get tossed into a game that you're not ready for, especially on a back-to-back situation, that can be really tough to succeed. So tough for Murray last night. So Toronto's done this twice against Ottawa this year, and I don't know why the Sens haven't done the same. Freddie Anderson has not even dressed for two games. Why not have Matt Murray sit upstairs? You have Joey Decord available. He ends up putting on his gear after the Hogberg injury, so no David Ayers situation, although really that would have teed up a Sens victory. But what would you think about that strategy, to just take your starter, let him see the game from upstairs, and have no thought in the back of the mind that I might have to go in. I think that's a really good idea, especially considering Matt Murray was coming off an injury himself, right? So 
it would have been smart to just have that insurance because like then what happens if Matt Murray goes in cold, he's not quite ready, and then he pulls something or he gets hurt, then you're looking at a real serious long-term problem when you're going to have a goalie tandem of Decord and Gustafson in the NHL, and then you're going to have to have Mandelise or someone else on the taxi squad, and then you got to find two goalies for Belleville. Like, that could have really gotten out of hand there. So I'm glad that uh, Matt Murray was able to finish the game. Now, did he play very well in that game? Definitely not. But there were a couple goals that there's just no chance on. Like you see the pure skill of the Maple Leafs and there's no chance for a goalie. So not really a good scenario for the goal attending situation. And this was a game that I would have thought the goalie advantage would have been in the Senators' favors. You're going up against the third stringer in Michael Hutchison, a guy who is basically exiled from Leafland and then brought back. And he catches the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, an ultimate weirdo. That probably hurt him on that Stutzla goal, eh? Yep, 100%. Let's get to that because Joe Thornton's 2 nothing goal, no chance for Matt Murray on that one. It was a beautiful shot pass redirect by Jake Muzzin, and it goes into the back of that 2 nothing. You're like, oh, no, here we go. But then here we go. Tim Stutzla chips it past Travis Dermott, a pretty fast defenseman himself. But Tim Stutzla turned on the afterburners there. How did he get that much velocity on his shot, I'm telling you, that looked like he was right at the goal line. Yeah, it's insane how quick he got that shot off. And for for all the the purest hockey guys who are obsessed with having perfectly taped sticks, I don't think Timmy Stutzla cares about your uh, stick tape opinion in that scenario because it seemed to work pretty good for him there because that release was lethal. And he knew as soon as he let it go, he knew it was in. He was already celebrating as he was skating behind the net. So glad to see Timmy Stutzla get a goal there. And he had a pretty good game creating uh, offense all over, I thought. Yeah, I don't want to ruin too much of my Sense Central standout. We're going to get to that later. I like yours too. Um, No spoilers again, but there was an unsung... I hesitate to call anyone a hero when you lose 7-3, yeah. but um, no. But this ends, they, I mean, they dominated in shots on goal. Like, At what point are these shot attempts going to turn into goals? Well, that's just the thing, right? And Ross, not only did they dominate on shots on goal, out shooting them 37-31, to 31, but take a look at their advanced stats. The Corsi, 60.5% Corsi in all situations. Uh, the high danger scoring chances... 10 to 9 for the Leafs, so not bad. But the difference there is when the Leafs have a high danger scoring opportunity, it tends to be either Marner or Matthews with the puck, and they put that in the net more often than not. Whereas with the Senators, your high scoring opportunities tend to go to Chris Tierney, Connor Brown, guys that really can't finish the job. So that's where you're you're in tough. Sure, you're out shooting them, but how many times can you capitalize? And we're, we're going to get into it. We got to. It's a consistent problem. A big old zero on the power play marker once again for the Senators. I guess there's no better time than now to get into that, Pilsy. 0 for 2 with the man advantage. They didn't get any chintzy calls like the Leafs got. How about that Branstrom penalty on Matthews at the start of the game? Are you kidding me? What was that? Like he just I don't understand that at all. Like Matthews is the one that threw his body into Branstrom. And yeah, that was just a weird play. I, I got nothing for you there, Ross. The good news on that Branstrom call, at least, is it didn't lead to a goal against. The hockey gods understood that was garbage from the referee. He was standing right on top of the play as well. So you shake your head at that, but then Christian Willanen takes a penalty. Austin Matthews puts it in the back of the net. What do you want to touch on first in special teams? The Sens power play and lack of 
of firepower or their penalty kill and how it went one for three on the evening? Well, I mean, as far as the power play goes, Ross, like, what what else do we say? Like, what else? What has changed? Nothing, really. Like, sure, I guess they weren't relying on the drop pass as much, so I guess that's a victory. But they just – they're not able to generate anything. Like, I'm, I'm running out of things to say for how – how much this power play is failing. They should really just watch the Leafs power play. It's first in the league. Again, two more goals for them last night. Like, what do the Leafs do that the Sens aren't able to? And besides having four $11 million players out on the ice, which is just impossible for the Sens to match, but what they do is they put pucks on net and then create around the havoc that, that happens after a rebound. The Senators are just so stale on their power play. It's tough to watch. Yeah, and I think, too, like, the the mental aspect of the game comes into this, too, right? When you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, you know how many, for the past, what, Ross, three years, that top power play unit, maybe the second unit hasn't always been great for the Leafs, but that top power play unit has always clicked. It's always been successful. So when you get onto the ice on a power play with those guys on the man advantage, you got a swagger to you, right? You're feeling good. You're feeling like you you got a chance to get this done. Whereas if you're the Senators and it's a slippery slope, the the no power play goals just keep snowballing and it becomes more and more of a problem. You don't have that confidence to take that shot. And last podcast, Ross, you were talking about guys keep deferring and extra passes. Well, that comes with a lack of confidence. You're like, I don't want to be the guy that takes a shot and misses the net and then the puck gets cleared. I don't want to be the guy that doesn't get it done. I want to be a guy that's that sets up the perfect play and they're trying to do everything perfect well it's not going to work like that for the senators you need to be simple and you need to create chaos with pucks on net and until they start doing that i'm not sure how much success they're going to have so when you look at toronto and their their firepower and fair enough i mean you get what you pay for the toronto maple leafs goal scorers last night austin matthews had two mitch marner scored and william nylander and John Tavares, those guys, especially when you include Matthews having two, are making more salary than the entire Senators team this year. Let that sink in. That's unbelievable. Yeah, that is, uh, that is wild. And yeah, like you said, you get what you pay for. We kind of harped on the Leafs for their whole uh, entitlement and all these young guys getting all this money, but they perform in the regular season. Let's see if they can do this in the playoffs because uh, we don't need to go over that again. They have accomplished absolutely nothing in the postseason. Hey, the only thing they've won so far is their contract negotiations, but you're right. They have, um, you know, put it out on the line in the regular season. Austin Matthews, I mentioned off the top, it'd be remiss not to dive into these numbers just a little bit. Matthews against the Ottawa Senators, 19 goals in 20 games. I tweeted out at Ross Levitan. Danny Healy type stats. And then I looked back from 2005 to 2008 against Toronto. Danny Heatley played 23 games and had 20 goals. So the Sens just need to hold Matthews to one more goal in the next three games. And you're looking at the exact same goals per game as Danny Heatley. And he just dominated. But the difference is Ottawa had such good teams back then. And Toronto was so bad that Ottawa was putting up seven, eight spots on them. Game after game. Did it surprise you that that was the first time the Senators have allowed seven goals against Toronto? Yeah, I got uh, I got stuck watching the Sportsnet broadcast, the Leafs broadcast. So I got all these hot Leafs stats. And yeah, they were saying that this is the first time ever 
in the Battle of Ontario that the Leafs have scored seven goals against the Sens. And that was surprising because I can I can recall a handful of times that the Sens embarrassed the Leafs by scoring more than seven goals, eight, even ten sometimes. So we'll, we'll always have that in our back pocket. Sure, that's, that's in the history books, but uh, we can hold on to that. So when Mitch Marner made it 5-1, it was a, a wild toe drag around Mike Riley, and then he put a short side upstairs on Matt Murray. It was 5-1. It was 5-1, Pilsy, right where they wanted him. When Connor Brown scored five minutes later, midway through the second, was there a part of you that's like, oh, here we go again? Absolutely there was a part of me that says, here we go again. Immediately after that goal, I went to betonline.ag and hopped on the Sens money line odds at plus 1,800. <laughs> Imagine if that would have hit. I, I think I did 10 bucks to win like 190 or something. That's insane. Well, you can't win if you don't play at betonline.ag. And there's no better place to go for your online sports wagering. The one place that has you covered, the one place we trust here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You put in $100, they give you 50. You put in 200, that's 100 free dollars to play with. And what are you going to use that on? It's free play, right? What do you need to do? Well, why not listen to Pillsy's Parlay of the Day? Because he's getting close. And you know what you might do? If you're not trusting Pillsy's parlay, maybe take them and use each one as a single bet. Because he never gets shut out. He always picks at least one winner. Right, Pills? That's actually a really smart strategy, Ross. I'm going to tip my hat to you. Breaking up the parlay. Sure, you don't get those odds, but at least you'll get one. Because I, I can't think. It's been a while since I've had a parlay where neither hits. So getting half right ain't half bad. I'll take that for sure. So now we're going to try to, it's been two or three days with the Pillsy's parlay fading. So we're going to try to boost your odds here. We're going to take Florida Panthers up against the Detroit Red Wings. This Florida Panthers team, they said they wanted to change the culture. They lost a lot of firepower in no Hoffman, no Dadanov, and they replaced them with kind of mid-level guys that they're banking on and it's working. So Florida's been hot lately. I'm taking them puck line. Minus one and a half against the Detroit Red Wings at plus 140. And then we're heading over to the Battle of Alberta. This is only the second time the Battle of Alberta has happened this season. It's crazy. And it's the Flames. I'm taking Flames money line at minus 119. So let's combine Florida Panthers puck line, Calgary Flames money line. Put 10 bucks in. You're going to win $34.17. And that is Pilsy's parlay of the day. Are you going Calgary because Zach Cassian, the X factor in the Battle of Alberta, is out with injury? Hey, that does help. But mostly my my pick was made because of Markstrom. Markstrom has been so hot, and I think he's going to shut the door here against the Oilers tonight. It's going to be great to watch, and we're going to be in the action absolutely. So don't sit on the sidelines. You get into the action with us as well. And don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's Bet Online, your online sports book experts. All right, Pilsy, before we get to our Send Central standouts, I want to roll on with what you said about hoping and praying that the Sens were going to come back from down 5 1. They hit a few posts. They were right on their way if the bounces went there uh, on their side. Yeah, they, they got close. And that's just the story. They're getting close here. Like, yeah, Riley hit the post. And then 
Goody had a bomb of a slap shot that got deflected and then hit the crossbar. And I don't think I've, well, you couldn't see the puck anymore, but I don't think I've seen a scenario where the puck was in the air that long. Like you could have done one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, and it was still up there. No one had any idea when it was coming down. It finally came down and the Sens couldn't pounce on that rebound. But yeah, they did hit a couple posts and the Sens, they were looking like they got some good chances and they just couldn't capitalize. And when you can't bury those good chances on a Michael Hutchinson, that's some cause for concern. Hey, the good news, they didn't make him look like a Vesna winner like they have most every other goalie. They- but a nomination, maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe, if that. Hey, before we get to our real Sun Central standouts, I want to give a little love to Austin Watson. I thought he was all over the ice last night. He set up a couple good plays. He's a great He hit penalty. the crossbar, too. I know. That's what made me think of it. On, on that wide open net, he's going to want that one back because that wasn't like a – Bang, bang, play off the crossbar. That was a slide it over to him on a two-on-one wide open cage. But even still, as a penalty killer, you can do worse than having Austin Watson on your first unit. I'm a pretty big fan of that Austin Watson Watson pickup. Didn't cost the Sens a lot to get him, and I think his contract is solid. Yeah, he also played a career high for his Senators career. He was up at 14 minutes last night. That's almost double. Yeah, usually he's around seven, eight, nine. He played two and a half minutes on the PK. How about 12 seconds of power play time uh, for Austin Watson? Probably just at the end of one of those uh, power plays. But still, stick taps to Austin Watson. But my sense central standout, low-hanging fruit, Timmy Superstar, Jimmy Superstar, as is trademarked by this goddamn show. If you were on Twitter last night, you know what I'm talking about. But let's focus on what he brought to the game. Four shots on goal. Two points. Man, he's getting unlucky in the sense that he's on for so many goals against. The plus minus is looking tough, but I don't even see it as an indictment on his defensive game. I find that even when he, he's playing away from the puck, he looks solid, man. He's, he's taking guys out of the play, and he's really checking his man well. I, I just can't wait till he puts on 15, 20 pounds and naturally is. He's the youngest player in the entire National Hockey League right now. Let him grow into his body, and you look at it, he's one point off the league lead for rookie scoring. That's impressive, to say the least, and we already touched on that goal's highlight real variety. Yep, we touched on the goal, but I want to touch on his assist as well. That was a really good play because uh, it was crowded in front of the net. Stepan quickly slides it over to him, and Stutzel wastes no time because there's a defender trying to close that gap, and he gets that shot off. Michael Hutchison, again, weirdo backwards goalie, has to blocker that. See, if he catches the right way, that puck is caught, the play is dead, and that's it. But it hits his blocker. Batherson tracks it behind the net, throws it in front of the net, it hits off a Leafs defender skate and goes in. So that's a great play by Stutzla to get a good shot off and create chaos by getting a puck on net. Another great job by Timmy Stutzla there. And yeah, I kind of I kind of agree with you. He is not deserving of all minus 14 of those that uh, he has against him. But there is a couple times where he is deserving. And I talked about it last pod. He drives me nuts when he has the puck in his own zone. But he has been playing good away from the puck. And what I like from Timmy Stutzla, too, is there's been a couple scenarios where the Leafs really hit him hard against the boards. 
and he doesn't crumble. He doesn't let it affect him. He just eats it and moves on. And sure, maybe you're saying that's what you're supposed to do in the NHL, but for a kid that's that young to be able to eat all those hard checks, it's impressive for me, and I can't wait for him to get that size. He, he needs to learn, uh, take some tips from Drake Batherson. Get on that diet program, eh? Yeah, no doubt. So you mentioned Stutzel minus 14, and just for, for proof that – it doesn't mean you're a bad player when you're that bad. You know who he's tied with with the worst plus minus in the league? Goody. For, no, he's one back. He's minus 13. Rasmus Dahlin, first overall pick in 2018. So it's a lot more about your environment than it is about your game in itself. And speaking of first overall picks, how about Lafreniere? Only one goal all year. and One Tim point. Stutzler. Yeah, that's his only point. Yeah, exactly. So... <laughs> looking nice i mean obviously that's crazy and it's small sample size but it's just funny to see it turn out like that yeah i'm still on that this plus minus thing and quinn hughes is fourth as well so like there's some talented players oh oh don't have to scroll far there's matthew shane sixth. you mentioned nashville just crumbling but hey he was a standout in ottawa for a long time but last night who was your send central standout my son central standout and this was your kind of unsung hero uh, idea here and that's matthew pekka uh like matthew or michael no i almost said michael don't do this to me <laughs> it's matthew i'm gonna start calling him m pekka just so there's no confusion there a the little uh, like, water bug he's tiny out there but he can move Yep, definitely. And he's looked a lot better uh, than when we saw him in Ottawa last year, I think. So he had a couple good chances. He sets up Connor Brown for that nice goal. And he also had a nice spinorama chance in front of the net. He was kind of jostling with the defenseman. He stops the shot that's going towards the net and then spins around. And that creates a good chance for the Sens there. So I'm ha- I would way rather have Matthew Pekka as that fourth line winger than Galchenyuk or Paquette. So that's an improvement in my eyes or Anisimov for that sake. Yeah, three hits as well. Two of them were on the four check where they just chip and chase and he went in and bang bodies where you create havoc, which is what a team like Ottawa needs to do more of. Exactly. And speaking of banging bodies, I'm going to give my honorable mention Sensential standout. And some people may not agree, but I thought Goody had a really good game. When Thomas Shabbat is out of the lineup, there's been a couple, I think two or three games this year that that's happened. Goody has had to step up defensively with his uh, responsibility, taking those big matchups. And yeah, he was a dash one, but he was finishing his checks. He was he was destroying guys up against the boards. He had that one slap shot we talked about that just hit off the crossbar. And I, I think for what he has to do, he doesn't always look good doing it. But it's a hard job that he's faced with when Tom Shabbat's out of the lineup, and I just wanted to give him a quick little stick taps for a decent performance last night. We got to figure out a way to cut his shifts down because how yeah, many times yeah. does the tracker come up where it's like Gabranson shift, 155 and counting? You're like, get off the ice, man. That's I a think, really big problem, really big problem. Yeah, and outlet passes that go for icing, but he cut that out of his game last night, which was, uh, which was nice to see. Um, I thought Nikita Zaitsev had another solid game. How about six hits for him? This guy has just been everything you want. And stick taps to him. He played his 300th NHL game last night for Nikita Zaitsev. I want to get your take on Matthew Pekka staying in the lineup a little bit later. But first, I'm going to tell you about Rock Auto. Because Rock Auto is a family business serving auto parts to customers online. And they've been doing it for 20 years. That is the seal of longevity. Go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. They have everything. Engine control modules, tail lamps, brake parts, motor oil, 
You can even get your new carpet there if you've got a cat like Pilsy and he just tears up your carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate quickly. See all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now, right now, and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Just put locked on in their how did you hear about us box. That way, they know that we sent you reliable selection, the lowest prices. It's rockauto.com. All right, Pilsy. So the Belleville Senators back in action, the fourth of four meetings in Laval. Talk about getting sick of playing the same opponent. But after this game, they don't play until March 3rd. That is two weeks without a game. So if you're Ottawa, does Matthew Pekka stay in the lineup or while you're waiting for Ryan Dezingle, who will, funny enough, be ready to play on March 1st. So at that point, you're going to want these guys back in Belleville. Or is this a perfect opportunity to, to see tonight as a tryout? in Belleville. And if you're Alex Formanton, Vitaly Abramov, or Logan Brown, we don't know what his health situation's like. We heard some not-so-great things on the broadcast from Bruce Garriock in terms of what they've seen out of Logan Brown in Belleville. But should one of those guys get called up for an extended look with the big club? It's tough to say because, yeah, maybe it would be a good idea because you want to keep those guys playing and they deserve the opportunity. But I think you just stay the course. I think Matthew Pekka played a really good game and I think you keep those guys down there. I, I don't really like the idea of having them come up for a quick cup of coffee than being sent back down. I think that doesn't always help guys. It kind of throws them off the rhythm a bit, but this is a whole new year, right? Like you said, there's going to be two weeks without games. That's not very common at all. So I don't know how they're going to play this, but for me personally, I would just keep the kids down there for now. Keep Matthew Pekka there. And as far as Logan Brown, you were saying, uh, Troy Mann actually said that it's doubtful that he's going to play tonight. And uh, it seems to be a little bit more of a serious injury than they had thought. And he also said that he was disappointed in Logan Brown's first two games and that he needs to play better. So remember Pierre Dorian saying the first couple games, if Logan Brown plays good, he's going to come up. Well, not only did he not play good, but classic Logan Brown, he's hurt again. Oh, man. Now, there's an interesting wrinkle in Belleville's game. I'm, I'm assuming Ottawa can wait until tomorrow to make a roster move. So you can assume it's Philip Gustafson playing in goal. But DJ Smith said that Marcus Hogberg is unlikely to be available on the weekend. Ottawa's next game coming up against the Montreal Canadiens on Sunday. So a rare week where there's no Saturday game, but maybe that's a blessing in disguise where you have an extra day to recoup with this Ottawa team. So in Belleville, either Gustafson, who got the win on Tuesday night, or Kevin Mandelazy, what does Belleville need to do here to get the victory? Well, they need to play similar like they played in their last game. They got, they got off to a poor start. I think they were outshot 14-3 to in the first. But what they did is they capitalized on their chances. Like that nice play, uh, I think Formanton finished it off. That was a great passing play. Those are the kind of plays we're used to seeing the Belleville Senators pull off. We're talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs having all this talent, being able to capitalize. Those are the Belleville Senators we know and love that can do that. So hopefully they can continue to do that. And I'm going to be locked on to Ridley Gregg here. Two assists in last game, and we know 
that he has to go back to the WHL once it starts. So we're only going to get to see, I th- this will be the last game we get to see Ridley Greg, no? Or nope, no, March, the home March opener. 7th. Yeah. March 7th is the last game. Yeah, so we'll get to see him the home opener as well. So I'm going to be locked on to him to see how he fares. And man, what a kickstart to your WHL season, lighting it up in the AHL and heading over to Brandon to light it up. Good for him and Cole Reinhardt. Yeah, Cole Reinhardt was playing a regular shift on Tuesday. I'm going to be keyed in on him for the same reasons, but let's focus on Lassie Thompson. I'm still wanting to see a little bit more, and it sounds from all accounts, and we watched most of the game on, on Saturday. I missed Tuesday's Belleville game saw the highlights, but everyone's talking about how this guy's game just fits on the small ice a lot better. His shot could help Ottawa's power play, I'm saying right now. But for now, he's going to play the whole year in Belleville. There's no chance, I believe, that he'll get called up. So let him go down there and get confidence because I don't think he had much of it with Eels when he's sitting on the bench for the better part of the game. Or he was even a healthy scratch at one point. So I want to see some more continued develop from Lassie Thompson because – he really kind of completes the defense of prospects with Ottawa. Like you have your JBD, your Sanderson, your Branstrom as like the upper echelon, but Lassie Thompson's right there. Yeah, we we always kind of had uh, our top four. We've got set. We don't need to go over that. And then the bottom pair, we always kind of had Tyler Clevin and Lassie Thompson. But I don't know, Lassie Thompson. He's gonna have to bounce Zuby Dooby Doo out of that spot oh. because Zub as a third pair defenseman with Tyler Clevin, I think would be a dynamic duo like you get best of both worlds there yeah i can't wait to see clevin play tonight the nodak sends are in action now with uh tyler clevin uh fresh off an appearance on this show so you know that he's gonna bring it and you know that we're gonna central be all, bump you know that we're gonna be all over it at send central on twitter and we're hoping to get the rest of the nodak sends on here on their road to the penrose cup heading in to the nchc playoffs they've got four games left all against Omaha. So Johnny Jin and Tyconic will be on the ice as well against his old team. So this is going to be interesting as well. We've got Belleville tonight. We've got the Nodak Sens tonight. But unfortunately, the Brampton Beast are no longer Pillsy. Sad news out of the East Coast League. Man, this is real sad news. Like that was a that was a team that came in after the Brampton Battalion went to North Bay. They were in the CHL for one season, and then I'm not really sure what happened there. Uh, but then they went to the East Coast Hockey League in 2014, and that's that's been a staple of the Sens franchise for a while. They split that ECHL team with Montreal, but then it was just the Sens. And look. It's important. It's very important to have an ECAHL team. I think a lot of times it gets overlooked, but without the Brampton Beast, maybe we don't see Joey Decord come into Belleville and look so good and be where he is now. Maybe we don't see Marcus Hogberg be in the NHL as a backup because he doesn't get those reps in, right? It's it's important to have those spots for guys. And sure, maybe you're when you're watching the Brampton Beast, you're not picking out top prospects that you want to see in the NHL one day, but you need to have the option. And and that was a, that was a community team. Like their attendance was going up. I went to a couple games. I interviewed Marcus Hogberg there. I was there for a couple uh, media events. So it's sad to see that team fold because that was, um, that was important. And now there's only the Newfoundland grow- growlers in the ECHL, but uh, Trois Rivieres is going to get an ECHL team for the Canadians. I think next season, if that all goes as planned, but yeah, definitely tough. And we're going to have uh, Anthony Fusco, who was a play-by-play guy for the Brampton Beast for a long time. He was my contact there. We're going to have him on the show to kind of break that down. But, 
overall, sad, sad day for the hockey world. Because again, there's a lot of good people losing jobs and internships and opportunities there. Well said, Pilsy. Uh, we hope that everyone who lost employment regains theirs even better coming in the future and when this world gets back to normal like Brampton did everything they could they're in a tough market in the GTA to get notoriety in terms of coverage but hey it was always entertaining hockey I feel like they always played high scoring games as well you mentioned Joey Decord sounds like he might be back in Belleville not confirmed but Jack Miller just writing Uh the uh, play-by-play voice that Joey Decord is back from the Ottawa Senators and expected to start tonight so that's something to keep your eye on throughout this day and I don't know maybe we'll get a press release here soon but that's coming from the quintynews.com and Jack Miller's a legend himself uh, he's oh, yeah. always with footy on the call we got to get Jack Miller on but absolutely get footy he's already a friend of the show so we'll be sure to get him I mean what better time than after this four game set so expect to hear from footy on this show next week to finish up I mean how did we miss it yesterday Craig Anderson the 10 year anniversary of him becoming an Ottawa Senator his 202 wins first in franchise history but on this day today in Sens history Craig Anderson got his first of those 202 wins and Pilsy he did it in style yeah I mean well style for him not for the Senators he broke the rebuild that year but a massive what was it 47 save shutout against the Leafs a one nothing win and that that was he was looking real off in all the Colorado gear and then the red Sens jersey. That was a weird look with the Sens logo stickered onto his helmet. That was pretty funny. But man, that's that's got to be up there. Pro, I would say top three in franchise altering trades ever for the Sens, right? Like that's that's your number one franchise category leading goaltender right there for a decade. Like the only one that compares is getting Spezza and Chara in the same trade. Yeah, and then, well, obviously the Carlson trade, uh, that will remain to be seen when all the pieces kind of play out, but that's another big one. And and you know what? I actually, I was a big fan of Brian Elliott when he was with the Sens, and I, I always have been. Still I in think, the league. Yes, and still doing well. I, I thought people always gave him uh, uh, too much too much hard flack. Like, he, like especially, like, he kind of got lost as a starter, but him and Halak in St. Louis, they won the William Jennings trophy. Like it was like two out of three seasons. They were there. Like that was an incredible tandem. So just a crazy trade that happened a long time ago. And Hey, Andy's still in the league too. Maybe not as, uh, as successful these days as Elliot, but he's still kicking. 47 save shutout in his debut for a team that entered that game 18, 31 and nine. That's how you make an impact. Even though the only guys you had to stop in that shootout were Tyler Bozak, Mikhail Grabowski and Nikolai Kuhleman. Uh, but it's one of those rare games. And as a goalie friendly show, like I've always been a James Reimer guy too. Um, good for him on, on rebounding his career in Carolina who could really you know, it could end your career, what happened in Boston that faithful night. Not to bring it up, but let's bring it up. They blew a three-goal lead in the last 10 minutes of a Game 7. I don't know if you heard, but that's just a fantastic stat. One of the rare games, to get back to my point, where both goalies are credited with a shutout. 0-0 in a shootout. So that's yeah, kind of that, cool as well. That is crazy. And, hey, goalie-friendly show. You love seeing uh, goalies put shutouts on the board. No doubt. So that's a nice way to end the show. Goalies talking goalies and Hey, another friend of the show, Joey Dax, might get another start here in Belleville. We'll keep an eye on on that and be back to break it all down. This week just flew by. When that comeback on Monday happened, 
everything else just fell into place this week. Yeah, it really did fly by. I mean, Battle of Ontario, that's uh, always exciting. But I'm excited for next week, Ross, because we get a game every other day. Sunday game, uh, Tuesday game, Thursday game, Saturday game. And the Sens finally get to see the Calgary Flames, the only Canadian team they haven't played against yet. So that'll be interesting. Oh, Kachuk on Kachuk. Let's go. Yeah, sounds like the perfect time to have Haley Salvian back on the show. So we'll have to reach out to her and and try to get her back. Uh, That was too funny when we had Haley on. And she's like, hey, just so you know, like, I'm leaving this job tomorrow. So that changed the course of that interview. But I thought it went really well. She's she's great. And I've been enjoying following her Flames coverage. But you mentioned it. The Sens haven't played the Flames yet. So out of the next eight games, it's five against Calgary, three against Montreal, and they started all off with some home cooking. The next two at home against Montreal, three at home against Calgary before heading out onto the road. So those black, beautiful 2D jerseys back in rotation. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.